Super Bowl 58 is just a few days away as the Kansas City Chiefs will look to defend their title against the San Francisco 49ers who will look to bring home the Lombardi Trophy for the first time since 1994. And we got it all covered on this episode of Baller Island with our Super Bowl preview where we will talk headlines, X-Factors, Super Bowl MVPs, and of course, our pick for who we think will hoist the Lombardi Trophy on Sunday night. So keep it locked, and we're going to get you all ready to go for Sunday night Super Bowl. We'll be joined by guest Dylan Kellogg as well. We will also make our picks for the NFL Honors, which will be on Thursday night as well. So keep it locked. A lot of Super Bowl content coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. What is going on, friends? Welcome back to Baller. It's finally Super Bowl week, so you already know I'm hyped up. I'm ready to rock. We got B on the pod. We'll get his his take for this for this game in just a little bit, and we'll also joined by my cousin Dylan Kellogg on this episode. Yeah, here we go. He is a Cowboys fan. We'll get all of all of his takes as well. B, what's popping, my guy? Ready for the ready for this matchup? I don't know if I'm as ready as you are, um, but yeah, I can't. I can't wait for this, man. It's it's only Wednesday. I can't believe it. I'm, dude, it's, it's Wednesday. Like, can we hurry this this week up a little bit? Like, can we fast forward this week? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm so ready to get to Sunday already. Um, Dylan, welcome to the pod, my guy. Um, for people that don't know this dude, he's one of the baddest receivers in Halton region. This dude runs runs Under Armour football. One of the best receivers out there. Dylan, welcome to the pod, my guy. Hello, hello. It's good to be here. Um, before we move into, obviously, the Super Bowl 58 matchup, I got to bring it up, D. We got to get it in and out the way. Dylan is a Cowboys fan. We got to get your take here on the on the season. I know I watched that game with you. You guys were silent throughout that game, right, <laughs> rightfully so. And I know I was trying so hard not to make a joke during that game, but I know if I did, I'd be sleeping outside. Unless it's a yeah. Dak joke. So, D, want to give your thoughts on uh, on the Dallas Cowboys season. Obviously, that brutal loss to Green Bay Packers and Dan Quinn leaving to go to the Yeah, I mean, that was a season of up and downs, you know. It was uh, – Dak was great, and then he did his normal thing in the playoffs. And Green Bay's always had our number. Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, whoever it is, they always have us. Yeah, shockingly. I mean, usually we thought Zaren Rodgers that comes here and do and does that. And we were talking about it before the game. We're like, well, Rodgers isn't here. If there's now a time for the Cowboys to take advantage, it'd be this game. And instead, Jordan Love, Jordan Love just went in and took Rodgers' spot and and did his thing. That's tough. Um, how are you feeling about Dan Quinn going to uh, Washington? I mean, our defense is going to take a huge hit from that. But at the same time, I think he's not a great fit for the commanders. So I'm pretty interested to see what he'll do. Well, yeah, that is, I mean, no question, it's a huge loss. I mean, we've all seen the impact that he's had with that Cowboys defense the last few years. I mean, they were up there as a top five defense um, in the league. So no question, it's going to be interesting to see who they choose to fill that void. I saw they were <laughs> they were going to interview Rex Ryan actually this week, which <laughs> will be very, very interesting with that. But no question. And it's funny because I think the rumor is that the commanders actually wanted Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson and then he withdrew his name. So then the commanders were like, oh, shoot, we don't know who we're going to go with. And Dan Quinn was actually option two. That's at least what I'm hearing. So, I mean, it's a very uh, very commander-type story for them to, to somehow mess that up. But, hey, we'll see what happens with that with Dan Quinn. I mean, hey, you guys are going to face him twice a year. So it's not like 
McCarthy doesn't know what's coming. So that should be interesting, an interesting matchup next year. So let's get right to it here, lads. Chiefs Niners, Super Bowl 58. I know BU and I talked a little bit about it last week, but now we get to go into the deep dive. B, I'll start with you, and then D, you can go after. Um, B, what are your initial thoughts on this Chiefs Niners matchup? Um, just kind of like this kind of, I felt like, uh, I mean, it feels like San Francisco is going to be in here all year. Um, and then at the beginning of the year, kind of felt like I didn't trust anybody in the AFC outside of KC. Like, even though they were playing bad, all that stuff. I mean, Mahomes is still Mahomes. So like this Super Bowl, not a surprise these two teams are in it. Um, but it's they're both in way weirder forms than I could have imagined at the beginning of the year. I didn't think, you know, the Chiefs would be looking like this if they were going to be in a Super Bowl, especially offensively. And I, I would have thought, you know, going into this game, the Niners' defense would have been kind of its strong suit. Um, but, hey, they're still, they're still here. It's going to be a little bit weirder, play out different than I thought it was going to be. No question. D, what are your thoughts going into the Chiefs-Niners matchup? Yeah, I think it's a great matchup. All year it's looked like the Niners were coming up out of the NFC. And the AFC for me was always a toss-up. I thought, you know, Ravens or maybe the Texans can do something stupid. But the Chiefs were definitely the best team out of there. That defense is great. And looking back like a few years now, in Super Bowl 54 when they matched up, yep. um, it's completely different teams. Like I was looking at this thing, and the Niners only have two offensive starters from that team back then. So I'm definitely very excited. Yeah, it's. I was thinking about the exact same thing the other day, and I'm like, our offense is so different than the one that we were trotting out there in 2019. And we had Jimmy Garoppolo, a quarterback. Raheem Mostert, obviously he had a breakout season this year, but that dude's always injured. Tevin Coleman was the backup running back. He had a day in that Super Bowl as well. I mean, that dude's like 36 now. He was our running back. To think about going from Tevin Coleman to Christian McCaffrey, who they have now. That is a huge difference compared to the 2019 team that played the Chiefs in Super Bowl 54 compared to this matchup in Super Bowl 58. Brandon Ayuk is another guy who they did not have. That would have been Emmanuel Sanders, who was also near the end of his prime. And he was that was a big-time move by John Lynch, bringing him in at the end of that season as well. So definitely two different offenses from Super Bowl 54 to Super Bowl 58. For me... My initial thoughts on this matchup, um, redemption for the for this Niners team. I mean, there is not a lot of times you see, not just in football, but in sports, that you see a team get an opportunity at redemption against the team that beats you. Unless you're the Cavs and the Warriors and you get four tries at it. But other than that, you don't see this happen often. For Kyle Shanahan, it's been one of the biggest topics. So he's, I know it's going to be a topic for the next hour here on this podcast. But for Kyle Shanahan... This is his legacy game, and I cannot wait to see what kind of game plan he puts together on Sunday. Going up against Steve Spagnolo. that's a matchup I'm going to talk a little bit later in this episode as well. But obviously, we know the infamous 28-3 loss to the Patriots. He was the Falcons OC in that one. And then obviously blowing the 20-10 lead in Super Bowl 54 um, with the Niners in that one as well. Does Kyle Shanahan learn from his mistakes going into this matchup? I cannot wait for that. Um, the Niners run defense. I mean, Lord have mercy. It's funny. Everyone, everyone talked about it this week. They're like, Oh, are you excited? Are you hyped up for the Super Bowl? And I'm like, yeah, I am. But I'm also worried because this run defense couldn't stop a thing in the divisional round against Green Bay 
and they couldn't stop a damn thing against the Lions either. David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, and Aaron Jones had a day. They all looked like they were running like Barry Sanders out there against this Niners defense. They have to stop this run, otherwise we're going to do his best impression of Larry Johnson, old Chiefs running back. So we don't need that. And then the last initial thought, the Chiefs have a shot at, at creating their, their dynasty, man. I mean, we don't see things like this happen often, seeing a team make a Super Bowl four times in five years and have a chance at winning three Super Bowls in four tries. That's pretty crazy. That is at 100% a dynasty conversation, and the Chiefs have an opportunity at doing that. So I think those are definitely the things that I'm looking forward um, in this matchup. Um, in terms of how these teams got here, B, you want to start with the Kansas City Chiefs, and then I'll talk about the Niners. Um, but the Chiefs, obviously, it was not the usual road to the Super Bowl the Kansas City Chiefs have had in prior years where they go 13-3, and get the one seed, they got home super, or home AFC Championship game at Arrowhead. This not exactly that road. They went 11-6, and the three seed in the AFC had to go on the road here. Yeah, so they, they um, in my opinion, I mean, this is kind of the three teams, um, like, that were thought to give them the most of a run. Um, they beat the Dolphins pretty handily in that freezing cold game. They beat them 26-7. Never thought the Dolphins really had a chance in that one. Um, then, like you said, they go on the road for their first road playoff game in the Mahomes era, beat the Bills 27-24, um, and then on the road in another legacy game for Lamar Jackson, and they beat the Ravens 17-10. Um, beat three teams that at one point in the year, it looked like those were going to be the three teams that would give KC a run. Um, knocked them all down. Last team standing is your Niners. Yeah, no question. I mean, Dylan and I were watching that Dolphins game back on the wild card round, and it honestly got to the point where we were just roasting the Dolphins offense at the end of the fourth quarter there because of how bad that ending was. But no question, the Dolphins looked horrible. The Chiefs looked like they went into that game with and won it with ease in the freezing cold. They go into Buffalo. They win that game by three. They go into Baltimore, and they win that one. Um, before I get to the Niners' sake, D, I want your take on that Chiefs-Ravens game. Um, what were your thoughts on that one? Oh, that Chiefs-Ravens game was uh, – it was something else. I mean, Mahomes definitely, like, came out there and showed he is so much better than Lamar Jackson, and I love Lamar Jackson. His running capability was great, and – I mean, Zay Flowers went out there. He balled out. But that Chiefs defense is way too good. They're really good. They're really good. And that's another thing we're going to be talking about all episode long here um, is how much better and how much improved this Kansas City Chiefs defense is from prior years. Um, but the Ravens just say they didn't, they didn't stick to their identity, which is running the football, which is interesting. They didn't run the ball as much. They had Lamar drop back a lot. And it just, it was not great, but 100%. It, it really showed in this game that, you know, Lamar, he might win MVP tomorrow night. Looked like an MVP in that game. And Mahomes just, you know, it wasn't pretty. None of these playoff games have been pretty, but Mahomes' is Mahomes' experience, I think, has shown the most in this playoff run so far because he just, like, he's, he doesn't care. He's got to go on the road for the first time in his career. We talked about this last week. He doesn't care. He's like, bet, I'll take it. It's a challenge for me. And he does it, and then here he is in another Super Bowl. For the Niners, it wasn't easy at times for this team. It looked like it early when they got off to a red-hot 5-0 and start. And then they got into a bit of a mess with that three-game losing streak. They lost Debo Samuel and Trent Williams to injury through those three games. 
Brutal game against the Browns. Jake Moody missed a game-winning kick. They lost the Vikings, where Kirk Cousins played his best game of, honestly, probably his life in that game. Um, then the Bengals. Then they've stripped off six in a row after that. Lost that ugly game to Baltimore. And really, since then, it's been... it's It hasn't exactly been smooth sailing. Like, there be... They beat the Packers 24-21, came back and beat the Lions 34-31. A very unique road for the 49ers to get here because usually the Niners are used to dominating teams to getting to this point. That's not how it was. They blew out pretty much every single team they played throughout the regular season, get into the postseason, and they end up having to face a ton of adversity and having to come back and win in both games, which I think, honestly... As much as I think a lot of people hate it, I kind of like it because it's showing that if they get down against Kansas City, they know they can still come back. Now, you don't want to do that with 15 on the other side, but they know it's not over. We still, we're still in it. So I think this playoff run, as interesting as it's been, because it's not normally what a Kyle Shanahan-led team would do, get down early and make comebacks, but yet here we are. They haven't done it in 37 tries prior to the game against Green Bay. Now they've done it two times in a row, so... We'll see what happens, but the Niners, yeah, got home field advantage throughout. They were the one seed, finished 12-5, and five, won back-to-back NFC West championships as well. So that is how the Niners and Chiefs got to Let's move into our key matchups going into this game because there are so many when you look at this game. Um, Dylan, I'll start with you. What are your key matchups and storylines that you're looking forward to most in this game? Um, just like you said before, my real big key to this was the run game on both sides of the football. Uh, I, we've seen that Niners defense look pretty, pretty bad against the run game. And I do expect Isaiah Pacheco to go out there and put up, you know, his 100-yard game, whatever, score a touchdown. But on the other side, CMC, it's his first Super Bowl, and I think he'll ball out. I think he's going to go for two touchdowns. He'll get it done, and that's my big story. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's going to come down to the trenches. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but I, I said that after the Lions game. I'm like, if this Niners defensive front does not get their act together before the Super Bowl, and they got two weeks to do it, Isaiah Pacheco is going to run for 150 yards against this defense. Because, like I said a few minutes ago, they couldn't stop a damn thing the last two games. And that is very concerning because... The Niners defense has not allowed a 100-yard rusher pretty much the entire season. And now in the playoffs, these guys are running all over us. Like, it's the Niners defense turned into Swiss cheese overnight. That's not who they are. So they got to get back to that. Um, B, what are your key matchups or obviously some X factors going into this game as well? Yeah, no, that's definitely one I was I was had circled. I mean, you guys gave up 130 uh, on the ground to, to the Packers, 180 to the Lions. Um and, like, the Pacheco's kind of been balling. So I don't think they have the explosiveness as Detroit does, but um, that's definitely one to watch. My, my second one, um, if I were to pick an X factor, who I think needs to have a really good game for their team to win, um, it would be – it would be – it's going to be one of either Kadarius Tony or Valdez oh, Stantling. And it's like, it's going to be the same kind of thing where if the Chiefs are going to win, one of those two guys is going to make something similar to that catch they did against Baltimore, where it's just like, you haven't done anything all game, and then you make that kind of catch. So that's something I'm keeping my eye on. Everybody knows Kelsey's going to get his touches. Everybody knows Rasheed Rice is going to get his touches. Everybody knows McCaffrey, all your guys. 
But it's going to come down to one of those guys that who has not done anything all game is going to come up with the biggest catch of the game. I will never be able to let that go if Kadarius Tony makes a big time catch in this game, and they will. I will literally never be able to let that go if that actually happens. Um, Dylan, you got an X factor or a, or a name that you think that you know some people aren't necessarily looking at on Sunday that could make an impact on either side. Yeah, I know it's a big name, but my guy was George Kittle. That clip surfacing around where last Super Bowl he lost and he was saying, I'll be back here, I'll be back here, and I'll win. I think he's going to go out there like a monster inside of him and he'll get the job done. Look at that. Look at that. Talk about it. I love it. Um, for me, I have a few, but before I even get to that, um, I'm going to get to my my key matchups in this game. My biggest one is has literally nothing to do with any of the players here. This is a coaching matchup for me. Kyle Shanahan against Steve Spagnolo. This is easily the matchup I'm looking forward to most in this game. Even seeing um, Andy Reid and Nagy going at it against Steve Wilkes to see what they do. But that's not as intriguing as Shanahan against Pax because we all know Shanahan is one of the great offensive minds in football, and he's been like that for years. Spax has been one of the great defensive minds in football for years. This matchup, we looked at it in Super Bowl 54. Spax's defense came up clutch in that second half. They had pressure all up in Garoppolo's grill. They couldn't get throws off. They forced turnovers. They got sacks. The Niners' offensive line was not able to hold their own. I feel like their offensive line is a whole lot better going into this year's Super Bowl compared to where they were at in Super Bowl 54. Having said that, what does Kyle Shanahan do to counter? Because you know what Spags is going to do. You know they're going to bring pressure. And that secondary, yo, that secondary is no joke. With Legereus Need, McDuffie, Justin Reed, they are really freaking good. How does Shanahan attack the pass game? What is he? Obviously, you know he's going to run the ball with McCaffrey. Does he throw a few wrinkles in there with Debo? Like, I'm so curious to see what Shanahan does. Now, look, boys, I know this probably isn't going to happen. I was thinking about it earlier today. I want to see Shanahan do something crazy. I want to see I want to see a trick play in here. I want to see, like, you know, uh, you know, flip to Debo when he throws it to someone. Or better yet, on the goal line, you report Trent Williams as eligible. And you throw a touchdown pass to Trent Williams in the Super Bowl. Tell me that would not be one of the greatest things you would ever see in in a Super Bowl to see that happen. But I know that's not going to happen. But I would love to see it. Shanahan versus Spags. That's my matchup to look forward in this game. Um, Under the radar players, I talked about it with the Chiefs. You talked about it, B, just now. Marquez Valdez-Scandling. Coming up with that huge catch at the end of the Ravens game, I think was huge, big time. I would watch out for him. Defensively, Trent McDuffie's been huge. I know Legereus needs the name that everyone talks about, but Trent McDuffie has had a big-time season in the Chiefs' secondary. And then another dude, I know everyone talks about Chris Jones. Not many people talk about George Karloftis. This dude can. This dude's had a great year. He's had a sack in both playoff games. I think he can make an impact. And who's he probably going to go up against? My boy, Colton McKivitz. And that is going to be a matchup I'm going to look at now. He kind of held his own against Aiden Hutchinson, so I'm not mad at that. I was scared. I was super scared about that matchup, but I think he got some help. Shanahan did a good job of throwing an extra tight end out there to help him, but we'll see in that. For the Niners, Dre Greenlaw, that's a name I don't think gets gets enough love. I know he was huge in that Packers game. Jawan Jennings, this dude has come up with some huge catches this postseason. That's a name to look at. And Javon Hargrave, a guy who was in last year's Super Bowl, Against the Kansas City Chiefs, 
He was with the Eagles, lost that Super Bowl. Now he's back a year later. What is Javon Hargrave going to do? Is he going to step up with a big-time play in this game, a tip ball, a sack? Those are some names that I think I would throw out there um, that can make big-time, big-time plays here. But I think ultimately what this game is going to come down to is it's going to end up coming down to the trenches, which brings us to our three keys to the game. Um, B, I'll start with you. What are your three keys to the game? This could go either way for Casey or the Niners. Yeah, no, it's it's all about the trenches. Um, uh, we already kind of talked about it, but that run game, um, your run defense, more importantly, that's that's the number one key to the game. Do you guys um, want to make this interesting? You guys want to keep them in it? And Casey's able to run the ball, and they're dominating the time of possession, which it should be the opposite. You keep Mahomes off the field. Uh, yeah, I don't really like the chances on that. That's my number one key. Number two, big-time players make big-time plays. If the ball is in Mahomes' hands in the last two minutes of the game, turn it off, Jay. I'm sorry. You do not want to get the heart ripped out of you. Um, You know what's going to happen. That's it. Do not let that happen. Number three, um, I got to go Shanahan. I think that it's the key to the game is – I think you got everybody knows you guys have much more talent. This is his redemption time. We got to see it, man. We got to if he whoever wins that matchup, him versus Andy Reid. Andy Reid's been there. He's done that. It's your turn now, Shannon. Let's see what he can cook up over here. Oh, 100 percent. I think here's the thing. It's like and I'm going to get it to one of my keys here. But yeah, I know. It's, I'm going to have a hard time even looking at the TV. I know that. But I also try, like, I know this run defense I don't trust, but these playmakers, I do trust. I trust Fred Warner. I trust, I trust Nick Bosa. I trust Dre Greenlaw. I trust Eric Armstead, Charvarius Ward. I know these dudes. I've got to come up with a play. So I'm hoping that's the case. But I'd, I I would rather not see Mahomes with the ball with under two minutes to play in a tight game. I don't think my heart needs that. Um, D, what are your three to the game? For me, like we've said, that first key, it's the time is possession. It's who dominates the run game. It's, you know, Isaiah Pacheco versus Christian McCaffrey and maybe even Debo Samuel, which leads into my second key, which is those sort of trickery surprise plays that you're going to see out of the Niners where you see motion, motion, pop pass Debo Samuel. He's running the football and he's going to break two tackles. Like that sort of play calling you see out of Shanahan where he's going to do his trickery. He's going to get random guys open and it's going to work. And for my third key, it's going to be Travis Kelsey. Is he locked in? Is he distracted by Taylor Swift? I hate <laughs> mentioning it, but is Taylor Swift's flight going to get like canceled, delayed, and she's not going to make it? Oh, like... <laughs> that's not bad. That, that's, that's not a bad take. That's true. No one's really thought about that, man. If, if a delay ends up happening or gets canceled, hey, that's not bad. That is not bad at all. For me, I, I got to go with Number one, turnovers. I say this every year when I'm looking at the Super Bowl, even in just any game in general. Turnovers are so huge. Who comes up with that play to turn the game around? Last year, the Eagles defense couldn't stop nothing against Casey's offense. And which defense came up with the play? Nick Bolton had the fumble recovery and took it for six. That was that was the play of the game, ultimately. You look back to past Super Bowls, too, with the Rams and the Bengals. Stafford threw a few picks, but who came up with the big play down the stretch? It was Aaron Donald at the end there. 
it always happens. And then the last time the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl before the Eagles was against Brady and the Bucks, and they got destroyed. That defense absolutely shredded KC in that game. So turnovers huge in this game. 49ers run defense. I, we we already talked about us. I'm not going to spend too much time with this one. But if they cannot stop the run, Dylan, you talked about it with time of possession. That is one thing that the Chiefs, I mean, that helped them significantly. It's always going to help when you're playing on the road in the playoffs is time of possession. They destroyed the Ravens in time of possession, 37 minutes to 22 in that game. If the Chiefs are able to run the ball and you keep Patrick Mahomes on the field, good night. Forget about it. You got the field as long as possible. That is the Niners' best bet to win this football game. And my last one, this goes for both squads here, pass rush. This game is one in the trenches. I say this every single year. Which defensive line is going to come up with a big-time play? I'm looking at Nick Bosa. I'm looking at Javon Hargrave. I'm looking at Eric Armstead, Chase Young, Fred Warner. What are these dudes going to do to disrupt Patrick Mahomes? Because you rarely see this dude get disrupted. We got to see Patrick Mahomes eat some grass on Sunday. We are, as the kids like to say, touch grass. We got to see that happen on Sunday. Likewise, on the other hand, like the Chiefs' D-line is no joke. Jones does not have a sack in a Super Bowl. In three tries. You don't think he's going to want to get after it? He's going to want to get after it. The Chiefs D-line's really good. And the Niners O-line, they have got to hold their own and keep Brock Purdy upright. Because if Purdy starts getting disrupted a little bit, I don't know. I don't know about that. So, this is going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting matchup. But I think ultimately this game will come down to pass rush um, at the end of things here. Um, all right, boys. We got a, we got a little bit of a a new segment here. I decided to add some Super Bowl trivia questions here. Um, so we're going to get to it. B, I would expect you to know some of these answers. Dylan, you might know some of them or might not, but hey, we'll find out. The first one, who was the Super Bowl MVP? Hey, hold on, hold on. What? How many How many of these did you know before you, you came up with the questions? I knew all of them, actually. Okay. Yeah, before them. And I think you'll see. You'll see when you know them. Okay, first one. Super Bowl 40, which one was it? 48 in 2013 between the Seahawks and the Broncos. Seahawks destroyed Denver 43 to 8. Who won Super Bowl MVP? B, I'll let you go first. Uh, Malcolm Smith. Wow. That was the, <laughs> it. Was, Dylan, did you have a prediction for that one? I was just going to go Russell Wilson. I didn't know. Well, so, well, yeah, that is fair. That's something. A lot of, some of these were. The line, he had, he had I think, two fumble recoveries in that game, right? The linebacker? I don't know about a fumble recovery, but he had a pick six. That one I do remember. He had a pick six in that game. He might have had a fumble recovery. I don't remember that part, but I know he had a pick six. Um, yeah, D, some of these might be either before your time or when you were a lot younger. But, hey, feel free to give your best, your best shot at it. Um, number two. The Chiefs obviously are looking to become the first back champion since B, your New England Patriots, did it back in 03 and 04. Which two teams did the Patriots beat in those Super Bowls, B? Carolina, Philly. D, D, do you have a pick for this? I'd go, yeah, Philly for one of them. And maybe the Broncos. It was Carolina and Philadelphia. Being on, but nice, nice one with the Eagles. They did. They beat the Eagles. That was the team with McNabb and To and all those boys uh, back in the day. And then the Eagles ended up getting them back like 15 years later. All right, number three, 
Dylan, I'm gonna start this one with you, and I know you're probably not gonna know this one because I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm pretty sure you were like a year old when this one happened. But I'll give you the first crack at it because B, I know you're gonna get the answer for this one. Who ran a 98-yard pick six for the Pittsburghs when they defeated the Cardinals back in 09? Oh, yeah, this one is not it for me. The only play I've seen from that is uh, the most obvious, that toe tap in the back yeah. of the end zone. Yeah, San Antonio Holmes. All right, I'm, yeah. I'm going to give you two names here, and let's see if you can get either one of these. Troy Polamalu or James Harrison? James Harrison. All right, B? Correct. Yeah, there you go. Nicely done. It was James Harrison who was an absolutely elite linebacker for the Steelers. Come on, man. That's, that one of the biggest, that's one of the biggest plays in Super Bowl history. You got to watch some film. Okay. All right. The Niners have won five Super Bowls. Make it six on Sunday and tie the all-time record. When was the last time the Niners won the Lombardi Trophy? B? I have to give you a year. Yeah, or how, or how long it's been. Ooh, let me think. I will. I can give a few uh, a few uh, options here. You give me a multiple choice. Yep. Okay. Nineteen eighty one, nineteen ninety four, nineteen ninety eight, or twenty twelve. Ninety four. D. I was gonna say ninety four too. It indeed is nineteen ninety four. Well done, boys. It was against the Chargers where Steve Young threw six touchdown passes in that blow. Chargers. Nicely done, boys. Nicely done with that one. Five B, five? B, you got any questions? Yeah, you got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, you won five for five on that. And then, Dylan, you got number two. You got James Harrison. You got good. Yeah, you almost got all of them except for the first one. That was not bad. I'll take not, that. Not, take ba- that. not bad at all. B, you got any other trivia questions you want to ask? All right, I, I, I can think of a couple. Um, first one I got is the longest play in that Colts-Bears game. Does anybody know what that one was? I got a feeling I know this one. D, I'll let you go ahead and give it a guess. I don't have, like, a name guess, but I'll go for a yard range. I'll go maybe about 85 yards. All right. I think, <laughs> Dylan, once you know the name, I think you'll be like, oh, shit, I actually, I actually might have got this. I'm going to oh, go wait, with... Can I take a guess? Yeah, go for it. Was it a Devin Hester return? There we go. Yes, there we go. Had a boy. Yes, that sir. was going to be my guess. Devin Hester was the first ever kick returner to take the opening kickoff for a touchdown against Indy. That was my guess too. Oh, and no. I'm hoping yeah. here's a, here's a follow up question to that one, boys. Does Devin Hester get the knock to Canton tomorrow yes. night? Yes, dude. He should, man. It you can't like. I know, like he's he's the best kickoff returner of all time. Like you talk about like. You're going to have a Hall of Fame team. Remember the, the first punter got in a couple years ago? Now you're going to get the kick returner in. That's a Hall of Fame team now. You can have a whole roster. I think so, too. I think this has got to be the year for him. I mean, for us, like, just growing up, watching it, be like, him, oh, bro. dude, he, Devin has to. Did you actually? Yeah. Oh, damn. I did, I did not know that. No, he, we got Devin, Devin Hester was like just. One of one, man. Like, when you think of kick returners, he is, like, easily the first person that comes to mind where you're like, he was the best kick returner to do. Just trick every time. And I remember, I think I was watching a video the other night where they're like, why would Indy kick 
tomb in the first place. Like that should be the mm-hmm. one thing for their special teams coach to be like, dude, kick it away. Do not kick it to 23. Yet they did it and he took it to the house. All right, got any others, B? I, I, got, I got a good one. I right. bet. Yeah, I don't know if you'll get this. Most catches in a Super Bowl game. Who was Damn. And the number. Damn. Okay, wait, can we get a hint? Was this recent or like way past? Mm. It's not, I, I, I can say this. It's not a Hall of Fame guy. Okay. I got a feeling, I got a feeling I know what it is, but I feel like it would help if, it, if this was like, like, was this like, like, how long are we talking? All right. It's, it's, pre- it's fairly recent. It's, okay. We, All right. We, I got to definitely watch this. Super okay. I got to pick. I, I have I, a guess too. Go for it, D. Julian Edelman. That was my pick too. Really? It wasn't him. Okay, wait, hold wow. up. Nope. James White, 14 catches. No way. Game. No wow. way. Mm-hmm. He didn't win Super Bowl. He had a real case for he had a real case for Super Bowl. MVP I thought he was gonna one. win Super Bowl. I mean, he didn't win Super Bowl MVP. Who was that? Brady? Yeah. Wow. That's that is insane. Yeah, I, I remember saying that at the end of that game. I'm like, no, James White should have won Super Bowl MVP at the end of that one. That's crazy. Damn. That's a that's a nice stat. What the fourteen catches for how many yards? Fourteen catches. I don't I don't remember the yards. Um, a handful of touchdowns. That game winning touchdown was a rushing touchdown too. Um, yeah, he had a crazy game. He had a crazy game. That's crazy. Yeah. No, he really did. He really did. He had fourteen catches for hundred and ten yards, three touchdowns. Nuts. That's actually crazy. That's actually wild. Did not did not see that coming. All right, let's move into the NFL honors here, boys. Um, I think this will be a good topic here. Let's start with the obvious one. This has been a debate the entire season as to who wins MVP this season. I feel like it's a pretty common consensus at this point that we feel that Lamar Jackson will be announced as MVP tomorrow night. Um, but after that AFC Championship game, man, I don't know. That was, uh, that was a little ugly here. So I'll, I'll start with you, Dylan. I'll start with you for your MVP pick. Um, who do you think will be MVP for the 2023-24 season? I'm going to have to go with a little bit of bias here. I mean, he put up the best numbers among every QB. No way you say Dak. The playoffs, but I'm taking my Cancun MVP, Dak Prescott. I can't believe you just oh did that. God. I can't believe you just... They're all the time. And for people who obviously don't know much of this, I have never heard a Cowboys fan roast Dak Prescott more than I've heard Dylan roast Dak Prescott. I can't, I can't, I can't believe you said that. That's crazy. <laughs> but I kind of rate it. I, I, I kind of rate it. That, that's not bad. All right, B, who's your MVP? McCaffrey, dude. I think we've said it enough. Oh, time. there we go. This, this is done. the one year a quarterback should not win MVP, man. Lamar's stats were, like, not that great for a quarterback, like, in terms of all his, you know, whatever, like, I, I take no stock until Lamar won an MVP. This should have been the year McCaffrey won. Um, give it to somebody else. Okay, so I'm going to take a different approach to this MVP prediction here because I think this MVP award can go in so many different ways. Look, in hindsight, Dak had an incredible season. I think that playoff loss to Green Bay was just so ugly at the end there. I think that kind of kiboshed that whole MVP talk for Dak Prescott and I think that kind of takes him out of the running but no question you look at his numbers statistically Dak had a great season they won the division got the two seed and all that um you know numbers wise Dak was great but just knowing how the season ended for them I think that pretty much takes him out of the conversation Josh Allen had a great year 
Um, but again, that season was, wasn't great, and they ran the ball a lot. So I don't think Josh Allen will be the MVP either. Tyree Kill had an outstanding year, 1,800 receiving yards, but then also he got hurt near the end of the season, and then their loss to the Chiefs was pretty ugly as well. So I think that kind of hinders his chances as well. However, Tyree Kill, if, if not MVP, um, Offensive Player of the Year, definitely in consideration for Tyreek as well. Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey has just been sensational this year. I mean, we've been talking about it at all, you know, all episode. This dude, what he's done for this Niners offense, he has taken them over the hump. They rely on him so heavily. What he's done in Shanahan's system is just not fair. And he had that streak earlier in the season where there was like 16 or 17 straight games with a touchdown. He almost broke the NFL record. If there was a year that the MVP should not go to a quarterback... It's this season, and it should be Christian McCaffrey. So I'm going to categorize the MVP award into who it should be, who I think it's going to be, and then who I'm personally going to choose. And I think it should be Christian McCaffrey based on what he's done this season. The numbers are amazing. He's ranked first in almost like every rushing category out there, including receiving touchdowns by a running back. So we know Christian McCaffrey's got that. I think he should be MVP. Who I think is going to end up winning MVP... Lamar Jackson. He's probably going to end up being he's probably going to end up winning MVP at the end of this thing. Look, Lamar had a great year. Also, good numbers statistically. They got the number 1 seed, had an unbelievable season. They were arguably the best team in football almost the entire year until that AFC Championship game. But in that AFC Championship game, Lamar Jackson did not look like an MVP. Lamar Jackson made some outstanding MVP-like plays in that game and throughout the playoffs and throughout the all season long, he's made MVP type plays but this team was so dominant I wouldn't really say Lamar had many games where you know he had to put the Ravens on his back and he had to you know make a comeback and win a game like that Lamar didn't really have any MVP type performances like that throughout the season and that's where I was kind of like well Lamar's in the running but is he really going to be MVP I personally don't know I again I think he had a great year the numbers don't lie his play doesn't lie I just personally don't think that Lamar was an MVP. And the AFC Championship kind of, you know, shows it. I mean, putting up 10 points, no question. It's a great Kansas City defense. Lamar was not great in that game. So I'm going to leave it at that. But I think Lamar will likely end up winning MVP. Who I'm going to choose for MVP, though, is a guy who, do I actually think he's going to win it? Probably not. But I'm just going to take this route because you know what? I'm enjoying the week. I'm enjoying Super Bowl week. I'm enjoying the moment. I'm enjoying seeing my team being in, being in the Super Bowl. I'm going to give my MVP to young Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. And here's why. Brock Purdy, from what he's done since he came into this league last season, he was the third string quarterback. It took two significant injuries to Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo for him to come onto the scene. He comes in in week 13 in the thick of a playoff run with a team who is Super Bowl ready. And they didn't lose. They did not lose since the minute he came in. Destroyed Tom Brady in his playoff debut. Went all the way to the NFC Championship game. And it took Hassan Reddick's helmet to bust up his elbow to knock him out of the game. And the Niners ultimately did not make it to the Super Bowl last season. Having said that, what Brock Purdy did last season alone in like a month was outstanding. Now you get to his first full season in the NFL. His first full season. Brock Purdy shredded the all-time passing record in 49ers football history. 
He overtook Jeff Garcia. He's now at 4,300 yards, I believe. Sorry, 4,280 yards. He overtook Jeff Garcia, who ended up who who had that record back in 2000 4278 yards it's been 23 23 years since someone has broken that record Brock Purdy did that in his first full season Brock Purdy led his team to the number one seed Brock Purdy led his team to -to back-to-back division titles you look at what this kid has done at 23 years old or 24 years old is absolutely sensational in his two playoff games this season, he has led the 49ers to comeback wins, which under Kyle Shanahan, they were 0-37 prior to this game against Green Bay. They have now not won one comeback playoff game, but they've won two comeback games. Brock Purdy put the team on his shoulder and led them to victory. So when I look at this MVP race, Lamar Jackson is probably going to win it, but he didn't look like it in the AFC Championship game. Brock Purdy did in the NFC Championship game, and he's the one who's playing on Sunday for the Vince Lombardi Trophy, and he's the one who's about to go toe-to-toe with arguably the best quarterback of this generation in Patrick Mahomes for the Vince Lombardi Trophy on Sunday. What Brock Purdy has done this season has been simply incredible. Do I think he's actually going to win it? I don't know. I'm not saying he will because I don't know if he will. Again, I think it's going to Lamar, but overall... What Brock Purdy's done this season has been MVP-like play, whether people want to admit it or not, because they're not going to admit it. And honestly, I don't care. Brock Purdy, balling out all year, and I cannot wait to see what he does on Sunday, and the whole world gets to watch it. Offensive player of the year, D, who you got? I mean, for this one, Christian McCaffrey. It's obvious. Only guy that deserves it. 2,000 yards, 21 touchdowns. He did it all. Yeah, literally say that in Austin. And also, I'm taking CMC. I think this is the one that he should win. This is the one that he will win. And if he doesn't, Tyreek may be the only other guy I can mm-hmm. see winning this. But what McCaffrey has done this season has been insane with whatever 16, 17 straight games with a touchdown. It's it's simply incredible. McCaffrey should be um, Offensive Player of the Year. B, I'm assuming you're going to go in the same direction or you got someone else. Well, I, I picked him as my MVP. So I'm going to, I would go, I would go Tyreek Hill. Fair enough. Um, offensive Player of the Year. But Knowing what's going to happen, it will be Lamar MVP. McCaffrey should get this. But if it were up to me, it would be McCaffrey MVP, Tyree Kill for Offensive Player of the Year. I don't think there was a bigger mismatch in the league than Tyree Kill, um, it felt like. It felt like he was the most dangerous player on the field in the entire season to me. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about that throughout the year, whether Tyree was going to hit 2,000 yards. Did he actually hit 2,000 yards, B? No, he missed a couple games. He, he finished with like 1,800. That's still insane. That is still freaking insane that he even hit that. I mean, that, that is pretty insane in itself. Um, he got banged up towards the end, so. Yeah, that is fair. That is fair. Yeah, he did get banged up through the year. But, I mean, even 1,800 yards is, is, is pretty incredible. Um, all right, Depoy. D, who you got for Depoy? I'm going to go with a guy that I think is the only reason this team made the playoffs. He's a leader. He led the league in sacks. I'm going to go TJ Watt. I like it. I like it. That's not bad. I don't bad. blame you at all. And I think that yeah, was a uh... – go ahead, B. TJ Watts at that point where it's like you only see quarter – like, you know, it's like are you going to give the MVP to Tom Brady every year? You know what I mean? It's like one of those. Like that's how I feel with TJ Watt is for defensive player of the year. Like it's like almost boring for him to get it now it feels like. Yeah, that's fair. And I was always was up by that by saying – um, that was a huge loss in the postseason for the Pittsburgh Steelers to go into that game without um, without TJ Watt. And I, I'm quite, I'm quite surprised you didn't go with a Cowboy here with two Cowboys up for 
up for um, grabs here with Deron Bland and Micah Parsons. Um, B, who you got for Depoy? I got uh, Miles Garrett. It's a good call. Um, I, th- I think the Browns defense, um, when it was clicking, that was maybe the best defense in the league. Um, and that was all, like, in the trenches. That was all, you know, they didn't have a flashy secondary. They weren't doing all the flashy things, like, kind of on the Cowboys side, but it was it was just a real good defense, man. So I got Miles Garrett up there. I like it. I like that call. I mean, he that, that Browns defense at times, I know they had an absolutely garbage end to the season, um, but he was a he was a huge disruptor um, this year for that Browns defense. I'm, I'm actually going to go, Dylan, in, in your direction, now with TJ Watt, but your boy Michael Parsons. And I know down the stretch, he did not exactly show up, and no one on that Cowboys defense did. Um, but at the beginning of the season, this dude was doing exactly what he was brought here to do. He was a game wrecker throughout the regular season disrupted the quarterback multiple times. Like there were times where he was, he was the, you could make an argument. He was the best player on the football field at times this season. Um, Michael was fantastic. I, again, I know the end of the season did not really reflect that, but throughout the season, he was big time. Um, so I'm going to take Micah Parsons as my defensive player of the year. Offensive rookie of the year. Can I just, I'm pretty sure all three of us are on the same page with this one. No. Yeah. Yeah. BCJ Stroud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dylan, CJ Stroud. sucks, though, man. I, I wish it was, like, why did Puka have to be in this year? Because he definitely deserves something. I 100% agree with that. Um, do you got uh, CJ Stroud as well? Yeah, I mean, if they had to pick between the two, for sure. I think that if there was one year where two players could win an award, I think this would be the year. They both, I mean, they deserve it so much. I, I can't even disagree with that. I mean, I've said it for so long. I'm like, it's, it's almost unfair that Puka... By not going to win rookie year. This dude was outstanding for what he was able to do. And I feel like, honestly, if Puka won this award over CJ Stroud, I can't really see anyone getting upset at that. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, CJ Stroud was robbed. It was like, dude was outstanding. Like, both of these players were absolutely phenomenal this season. I mean, they should both, they should make it a couple award because, like, I don't know if the NFL's done it, but. I know in the NBA it's happened a couple times where they've given co-rookie of the year awards. So why not? Like this is as good as it gets from a receiver and a quarterback. Do it. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But I, at the end of the day, I think CJ Stroud will end up um, winning offensive rookie of the year. I mean, he was just, he was amazing this season. What he was able to do with the Houston Texans to go from one of the worst records in football, win the division, win a playoff game. He was sensational in that playoff game. He was down his wide receiver, too. They were banged up left and right on the O-line, weapons-wise. CJ Stroud even missed a game or two down the stretch. What he was able to do in his rookie season was absolutely sensational, so I don't think that's an argument there. But Puka Nakua deserves a massive shout-out because that dude balled the hell out this season, setting records left and right um, with the Rams. Defensive rookie of the year, this one was a little more harder to try and make a pick here. Um, B, who'd you have for defensive rookie of the year? For me, I mean, this this is polar opposite to the offensive rookie of the year. It, it's a toss up, but I hate to say it, I'm gonna go with the rivals, Jalen Carter. Fair enough, that's fair. B, who you got? Yeah, no, I think I'd have to agree. Um, Jalen Carter for a good part of the year, like he looked like an absolute steal, even though he was still drafted six. Like it looked like. Um, I remember in the off, like they were saying he could have gone top three, um, and then all the off-field stuff. But he looked like a steal 
Um, and it's like, how did we let the Eagles get him? Uh, so he, he's definitely, I think, from a rookie on defense, he, I think he made the biggest impact. Yeah, this one's unanimous. I got Jalen Carter, defensive rookie of the year as well. Um, obviously, I, same with you, Dylan. I didn't want to choose an Eagle, but he did have a good year replacing Javon Hargrave. Um, so I think the Eagles did a good job by getting him from the draft. He made a big-time impact with that defensive line, at least at least up until December. <laughs> then nobody made an impact on that defensive line. Um, so that one's unanimous there. Comeback player of the year. There's a lot of ways we can go with this one. Um, Dylan, I'll roll with you. Who you got for comeback player of the year? I'm going to start out by just shouting out Demar Hamlin. Went through a crazy journey. Love it. And he will most likely get the award. He deserves it. But for my mind, just thinking like, for the football comeback of the player of the year, who had the impact? It's got to be Joe Flacco for me. Coming off the couch and leading the Browns to the playoffs was phenomenal. Love it. B? I, I kind of see it the same way. Like, you give him his flowers, but to me, that's not – I don't know. That's not how I kind of interpret the award. I'm going with Baker Mayfield, dude. I'm, I'm thinking – I like that. I like that. He was really one of the best – like it felt like I trusted him more than a lot of other quarterbacks in the league this year. Um, and it felt like his career was dead uh, three years ago. So that you talk about a comeback player of the year and he did it all year where I was kind of torn between him and Flacco, but you know, it kind of felt like Flacco's team was a little bit ready, more ready. This Tampa team, how bad did we think this Tampa team was going to be? That was all Baker Mayfield for, for, for Tampa. I love I love that call, B, because Baker Mayfield, I mean, I said it throughout the year, like that NFC South was so trash. And when I look at it, just from passing the eye test, I could never get behind the New Orleans Saints this season. Never could have done it. The Atlanta Falcons, I had high hopes at the beginning of the season, and then every single week I just lost more and more and more and more and more trust and hope in that team. But every time I watch Tampa, I'm like, they have the experience here. Baker's playing with a different swagger, and, and I like it. And look what they did. It wasn't pretty throughout the season. They went 9-8. and eight. They won the division. They barely squeezed in with an ugly 9 nothing lowly Panthers. But Baker Mayfield was fantastic all year long, and winning a playoff game I think is a big deal as well. Um, and he played well up until the end against Detroit as well. So, yeah, hats off to Baker. Flacco. I, I, like, I, understand, I understand where you were going with that, B, but it's like, the Flacco story, like we talked about it all year. It's just, it's too it's too cool. It's too good. Seeing a dude come off the couch, come with the Browns team who cycled through four different quarterbacks throughout the regular season. I know it was a horrible way to end the season in the wildcard round, got absolutely destroyed by the Texans. But Flacco like just coming in and just, you know, having fun, throwing touchdowns left and right, getting the Browns to the postseason. That was too cool of a story to nod. But in the end, I, I do agree with um, Dylan here, and I think DeMar Hamlin will probably end up getting comeback player of the year. And it probably would have been a lot better if Sean McDermott had run that fake punt a lot better, um, but he very much did not. The highly debated coach of the year. This one, a lot of great candidates can go a lot of different ways. Dylan, who you got for coach of the year? Yeah, this one's a big toss-up. I mean, Dan Campbell transformed the Lions. I mean, you could go for a guy like Shanahan, but for me, I'm going to stick with Flacco, and I'm going to take Stevin Stefanski. Working with those five different starting quarterbacks and taking the team to the playoffs, that was it for me. I love that. I like that's that. a great like that's that a, that's, that's a great call. B, who you got? I know where you're going on this, but 
It's a toss-up between your boy D'Amico and Dan Campbell for me. I think I'm going Dan Campbell. I think when it's a team like you can look at it two ways. You have a bad team that overperformed and is a good team, which is the Texans, or you bring a good team to like a really good team. And I think that step is much harder to do, um, especially in the NFL, than from being bad to like good. Um, so give me the Lions, give me Dan Campbell. I think that step that you have to take to get, you know, right there with the Niners, I think that, um, and a lot of people thought they were going to be good, but not this good. So give me Dan Campbell. Who did you think I was going to choose? D'Amico? Yeah. Wrong. I'm going in your direction with Dan Campbell as well. First off, wow. I do. First of all, I do wow. want to get. First of all, first of all, I do want to give my flowers to D'Amico Ryan's because you know me, I love D'Amico, and I've been hyping up this Texans team even before the season started. I said, watch out for the Texans. I thought they were going to be good. I did not think they were going to be this good. I thought I had them at like I think eight and nine or seven and ten um, at the beginning of the season. We did our preseason picks, but I did not think they were going to be this good. D'Amico was incredible. That defense was incredible. Taking a team with who had like the second pick in the draft last year to a division title and winning a playoff game, that that's a huge deal. But what Dan Campbell did, man, it is one thing to take your team to your first divisional title in 30 years is one thing. To win a playoff game that a team has not done since 1991. To win two playoff games that is a whole other thing. And making an NFC championship game appearance for the first time. This was the first time the Lions have been in this position in a really long time. They could never do it with Jim Schwartz. They couldn't do it with Jim Caldwell. Maybe it's just a Jim thing. And then they bring in and then they bring in Dan Campbell. And you see year one, year two. It's always year two. You bring in a new coach. You bring in a new regime. They brought in Dan Campbell. They brought in Brad Holmes. And they got better and better and better. And the expectations were sky high for this Lions team. It's one thing for them to have those expectations. It's another one for them to deliver and more. I don't think Lions, fan, Lions fans expected to make the postseason. I think they knew that the division was attainable. I did not think most Lions fans actually thought they were going to win not one, but two playoff games and be very, very close to being in the Super Bowl on Sunday if they didn't blow a 17-point lead to my Niners. That is an incredible job. I don't think you can beat that. I know D'Amico's story is incredible. What Kevin Stefanski did this season, incredible. John Harbaugh with the Ravens, big time. Shanahan's been been doing this for four or five years, so I don't really think there's anything special there, although it's kind of crazy. He hasn't won a coach of the year in any of these seasons, but what Dan Campbell did, it, it's like almost impossible to not give this guy coach the for taking a team to an NFC championship that has not been that deep to the, that hasn't won a playoff game since 1991, dude. Like that's insane. So I had to, I have to go with Dan Campbell when it comes to that. If the, let's say the Lions beat Rams and then lost to like the Buccaneers or whoever in the divisional round, I might, I might have probably, I might have leaned towards D'Amico because D'Amico made the divisional round too. But to make an NFC championship game, that was not expected for the Detroit Lions. So I had to go with Dan Campbell on that one, man. It was just, I was just way too good. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. That that's uh, it's crazy though because when when they were playing your Niners, we were kind of at least I was ripping them a little bit more. But it, the thing is, all these awards are regular season awards. You know, I mean, it's kind of hard to separate the postseason, but you don't get graded on the postseason in, in these kind of awards. 
Yeah, no, that's fair. That, that That's totally fair. I mean, I don't really know how they're going to go about that. But, I mean, just judging by the postseason, like, it's – it's it's that in itself is something, but even in the regular season, like it's it's a toss up between any of the. I think it's a toss up between Campbell, D'Amico, and Stefanski. So I I like the fact that we highlighted all three there, um, but that should be something. We got the NFL honors going on tomorrow night, um, so that's something, and we'll see how all our picks fared with that. Which brings us to our predictions for Sunday night Super Bowl Fifty Eight. All right, so the way we're gonna roll this, we got obviously our pick to win our Super Bowl MVP pick, and if you want to throw in an X-Factor or any bold predictions, they could be any, any bold predictions. It could be one, five, doesn't matter. Throw them all in there. Dylan, you're up first, my guy. My prediction for this one is going to be the Niners in a 21-17 to sort of defensive game. I like and it. for me, I'm taking the obvious choice. Christian McCaffrey is going to win the MVP. He's going to go off for those two touchdowns, like I said before. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, a low scoring game like that. I mean, it could go a lot of different ways, but I love it. Love it, man. Um, B, who you got? Uh, listen, I, I, I think every football part of me is wants to pick the Chiefs, but I'm kind of rolling with the destiny. Yeah, I'm taking your Niners. I knew you uh, would come through. I knew you would. <laughs> Um, but I'm going to be kicking myself if they don't do it because every football part of me wants to pick the, pick the Chiefs. But that, that Usher thing that we talked about last week, that was kind of the nail on the coffin. I was picking the Niners. <laughs> but right, here's the bold prediction. Bold prediction. What was the scoreline, too, by the way? What was the scoreline? I got the Niners 21 tw- uh, 21-17. Well, both of you 21-17. Okay. I have the bold prediction is that Mahomes has the ball down one score. Oh God! With under five minutes left, and he doesn't come through. Oh Lord, <laughs> I can handle that regardless. Even if the Niners That's win, the bold leave. prediction. I I think it'll it'll be a crazy play, and it, 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 I think it gets picked off, and it's just like wow. Oh dear Lord! And your Super Bowl MVP? Super Bowl MVP. Um. I don't think it's going to be any of the obvious guys. That's where I'm kind of struggling because I think it's going to – I don't think anybody's going to play super, super well. Um, I'm going to go Brandon Ayuk on this game. Love it's it. Going to Love be it. Very similar. Like, the way I'm going on this one is that he's going to get, like, 10 catches, 140 yards, no scores, but nobody else really did anything on, on San Francisco. It's kind of low scoring. Nobody made crazy, crazy impact. Love it. I, I seek a big game for BA as well. I really do. And it's funny because people keep asking me, you're like, oh, do you think Debo's going to have a good game? And I'm like, well, it, let's be real here. The first thing Spags is going to try to do is take away either McCaffrey or Debo. And he's probably going to try and take away Debo first because he knows the Niners are going to try to run the ball, which opens things up for BA, man. And I think he's going to have a big game here. I got, a, I got a bunch of bull predictions here. I think Brock Purdy will throw for over 200 yards. He will rush for over 20 yards. He will have a passing touchdown, and he is going to throw a pick. I know it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I feel like it's going to happen. And if he does turn it over, get it in. Get it out of your system early. Get it out of the way in the first Um, And that is that. Travis Kelsey will have over 70 receiving yards and a touchdown. I think Travis Kelsey will have a date no matter how hard we try to stop him. He's just too good. Charvarius Ward. This dude, the ex-Kansas City Chief, I think has a big day. 
And I think he comes through with a big-time interception in the clutch in this game. So I like Mooney getting a big-time big time play in this game. B.A., I got him going for over 100 yards in this game as well. Christian McCaffrey, I got him going for over 150 total yards and two touchdowns as well. My X-Factors, Brandon Ayuk, Charvarius Ward, and Nick Bosa. The dude that was quote-unquote held every time against the Chiefs back in Super Bowl 54. Big-time redemption moment for Nick Bosa and that entire defense, uh, Fred Warner included in that. My pick, kind of obvious here. Um, I'm going to pick the Kansas City. No, I'm picking the Niners. 30-24. to They win by six. My Super Bowl MVP, Christian McCaffrey. I think this dude has a day. I think the Niners rely on him, not just in the running game, but the receiving game. Um, And here's a little fun fact for you boys. When was the last time a running back won Super Bowl MVP? Damn, that's a hard one. Give me a hint. This one, it was a long time ago. In the late 90s. Marshall Falk. That's a good call. That's a good pick. Dylan, you got one? Not off the top of my head. It was Terrell Davis for the Denver Broncos in 1997. And who was the head coach of that team, boys? Mike Shanahan. And that's what I like to see a little. We talked about the whole McCaffrey-Shanahan thing of the last time Mike Shanahan was the OC of the Niners, the last time they won. And Christian McCaffrey's dad was on that team, Ed McCaffrey. think this thing comes full circle here. The last time Super Bowl MVP was Terrell Davis. Super Bowl MVP goes to Christian McCaffrey. And Kyle Shanahan finally overcomes his Super Bowl demons and gets the job done. At least I hope that happens here. Okay, time for our last segment here, which is the two-minute drill. We're going to run through a few prompts. Um, Dylan, I'll let you go first for these prompts. And then B, you can go afterwards. Um, This is probably one of our more fun um segments here because some of them are like actually like legit prompts and then some are just absolutely just funny ones so first one which d lineman has a bigger impact chris jones for casey or nick bosa for the niners d you're up i'm gonna have to go chris jones B? same here i'm going chris jones you do realize chris jones has not had a sack in a super bowl in his career right but that's why i think that he'll have do. that impact today fair enough, fair enough. do Fair enough. Fair enough. That's fair. All right. Which receiver is more likely to come up with a clutch catch? Brandon Ayuk or Rasheed Rice? Dylan. Ayuk for sure. Yeah, I just gave my whole Ayuk spiel. I'm not going back. Fair enough. All right. Here's a good one. We know we know the two quarterbacks going out of here, but which one has more rushing yards? Mahomes or Purdy? For me, Mahomes. I think the winner of this is going to win the game, actually. If we, if we put it down to this, um, I think Purdy. I think Purdy. All okay. in the second half, too. Okay. I'm going to say Brock Purdy as well for that one. Um, all right, game on the line, which weapon you throw into, this could go for either one, or if you want to make it for both, you can say for both, Dylan. For the Chiefs, I'm 100% throwing to Travis Kelsey. And for the Niners, even though he's a running back, I'm throwing to Christian McCaffrey. I yeah, like it. Uh, the best best end of game weapon in this entire game has to be Travis Kelsey. Uh, that shouldn't be a question. That's 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 the guy you trust. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, if you're KC, it's obvious it's Travis Kelsey for the Niners. Christian McCaffrey or honestly Brandon Ayuk. I know I love how much love we're giving BA because I think he deserves it. He him and Purdy have been 
incredible, and they've been so in sync since week one of the season. So I think it could be either of those, um, CMC, Kelsey, or Brandon Ayuk. All right, how many times does Taylor Swift get shown throughout this game? Throughout this game, D. It's gonna be a dumb amount. I'm gonna go eleven. Oh, <laughs> B. That's a lot. Okay, does this include like the post game ceremony? Because if the Chiefs win, throw it. Oh up. God. You know I mean? So we're just talking just the game. I'm gonna say four. Four. Okay. Um, realistically, I'm going to say like six. However, since everyone on social media is just having an absolute field day with this nonsense, sure, why not? 13, all right? For all you Swifties out there, 13. That's how many times they're going to end up showing her on TV since that's apparently the lucky number because you know what? Guess who's quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, folks? Number 13, Brock Purdy. So take that. Um... All right, here we go. Halftime show. My boy Usher cannot wait for this. Dylan, I think would be a surprise guest that comes out at halftime. If you got one. Yeah, I don't got one. <laughs> that is fair. B, you got one. Yeah, I think the the easy favorite here is uh, Ludacris or Lil Jon. Uh, but I'm going to go in a different direction. I do think I think Ludacris will come out. But I think he's going to do multiple. Um but Vegas, big show. This seems like a DJ's got us falling in love. I'm going Pitbull. I love it. The surprise guest. Dark Horse right there. That's my Dark Horse, too. I got Pitbull coming out for that song. Obvious one for yeah. Um, and I also, got, I also got a little bit of a wild card here. I'm going to go Justin Bieber. From, from our city for the NHL All-Star game, going to the Super Bowl at halftime. Um, I, th- I think he makes a little, uh, a little cameo appearance at halftime here. All right, I like that. All right, boys. Our favorite is announcing this game. I know we all love him. Tony Tony Romo. How many times does Tony Romo compliment Patrick Mahomes? Because this happens at least a thousand times every time. Kansas City Chiefs, Dylan. Oh, if we're going compliment, again, the high number, I'll go with eight times. Dude, I feel like Tony Romo, both sides, I mean, he's going to – he makes every quarterback seem like the smartest quarterback ever. Um, give me 12. Yeah, I'm going to go even higher than that. I'm going to say 15. Like, Romo Romo just can't help himself sometimes. I swear to God. Every single time, everything Patrick Mahomes, every Patrick, drop Patrick, Patrick Mahomes throws it away. He's like, oh, that was such a smart decision. That was such a Patrick Mahomes. Oh, my are God. You actually, are you going to be counting this? This I doubt it. Are you kidding me? Am I going to be counting <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna be focused on how many times Tony Romo. No, that you're is right. your I'll, job. I'll take one. Yeah, you're right. I'll take one for the team. I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll, you gonna? <laughs> I will rely on one of you two to take one for the team here and to let me know that because I am not gonna care. But it's for for all I care, Tony Romo is gonna give me more anxiety than Mahomes might give me more anxiety. Honestly, who gives me more anxiety, Tony Romo or Patrick Mahomes? Tony Romo's up there, man. This dude has to always like be like, oh, is it in gym? Like, dude, relax. Just please, please relax. And I, I will tell you boys this right now. His opening line when the Super Bowl opens up, Nance and Romo are there. Go. Yeah, hero. Here we go, Jim. He's going to say that, but I'll tell you exactly what he's going to say. He's going to go, oh, young brother, Mr. Irrelevant. What a great story. He's done such a good job for the 49ers. But you know who's on the other side, Jim. You know the great Patrick Mahomes is on the other side. You already know he's going to do some sort of shit like that. 
Oh, God. Love Tony Romo, but goddamn, he could be too much sometimes. Okay, we got three more here. How long does it take Jay to start watching the game standing up? Oh, that's a... It's under a quarter for sure. Wait, can I say, like, (laughs) pregame? Like, if we're going time, the game starts at 6.30. Before the game, I think you're standing up. I'm saying 5.30, you're you're standing and you're not sitting down. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself five minutes. Minutes in, <laughs> five minutes into the game because I know I think I'll be okay. I'll try to and then all all it's gonna take the is either second the pregame show starts. You're you're standing up. All it's all it's gonna all it's gonna is for like someone to like a turnover on either side. A turnover, a sack, or something, it's not going to take very long. But I think it's going to be, yeah, right away, I'm going to give myself five minutes into the first quarter, and I'll be up and at it. And I don't think I sit for the rest of the game. The vet move, though, if you guys are down at halftime, you got to switch it up. Oh, trust me. You you, you think I haven't done that already? (laughs) It's been two two playoff games. And Okay. So you started it this year and not in those other that other Super Bowl? Well, the thing is we've never been behind in those Super Bowls. <laughs> we've always been ahead in those Super Bowls. That's that's the difference. This time we've been okay. behind and I've had to be you should know this. The Patriots have made God knows how many comebacks. Oh dude, I'm the reason for the twenty eight to three comeback. I don't even know if I want to tell the story on here. But no, I'm we might need a whole separate like, episode for that. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Two more here. Which color Gatorade gets dumped at the end of the game, Dylan? I'll have to go purple. Whoa. That's a new one. I'm going white. White? Of all things. Okay. I'm going to go red. I mean, he's got the Niners. you got the Chiefs. He's got to get too obvious. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, it's too obvious in there, man. It's got to, it's got to be red here. All right. Last but not least, heads or tails? Or if we want to make it a little more fancy here, who wins the toss? I'm going to say Shanahan and the Niners win on heads and they take the football. Wow. You do it. Shanahan never does that. I so I like that. That is a very bold prediction because he defers almost every single time. I like that. That's a good one. All right. Chiefs, Chiefs win on tails and they defer. Okay. I like that. I'm not going to make a pick. Say if the Niners win, they win on tails and they defer. Um, but I, I honestly don't care. As long as they defer, that's all I care. I'm not a big fan of the of getting the ball first. Um, I got one more actually here. Um, which coach challenges first, Andy Reid or Kyle Shanahan, and do they win? Shanahan and they win. Oh, okay, I mean, it's a first down. It's a first down. That's the challenge. It's a, okay, spot. Right. Dylan, you got one. I like that. Uh, I was gonna say. Andy Reid challenges an Ayuk toe tap anyways. Ooh. Oh, no, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. I could totally see that, but I hope not. And if it is, I hope it's in the first half. But, man, I hope not. But, man, this should be good. I cannot wait, I can't wait here. Um, Dylan, thanks for joining, my guy. You were awesome on the spot. Yeah, Great to have you. We're definitely got to have you again um, at some point to talk more ball. Um, so thank you for joining. Dylan, final thoughts here before I let you go. I mean, it's great to be here. Thank you for the invite. Final thoughts? Please save us, Brock Purdy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got one. I got one more last last second trivia. Go for it. Brady has in all his Super Bowls, he does not have two Super Bowl MVPs. He's missing two Super Bowl MVPs. 
Anybody know the two that won those? Julian Edelman. Uh-huh. Um, oh, God. This was someone way back when. Like Ty Law. Oh, God. Did Dion Branch win one year? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I, actually it, I, I literally just guessed it. I was about to say like Troy Brown or something. I didn't even... I didn't even think that think that through. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, I knew Edelman won that. That one was more recent, but Deion, Br- Deion Branch was another dude, man. Those, so many guys came through Foxborough during those years, man. It's crazy. Um, yeah, no, that's a good one. B, your final thoughts? Nothing, man. I, I can't. I would I'd pay to be feeling what you're paying again, man. I took that. I might have taken that shit for granted. It's hey man. I'm honestly, I'm just trying to enjoy the moment, trying to enjoy the week. At the same time, it's like, please, for the love of God, don't screw this up, boys. Do not screw this up. I've already been through two of these, and I've enjoyed the moment. It's been great, and then they lose, and it's all gone to shit. Let's not do that again. Let's end this redemption story proper. Like I said last week, if I could script literally a ideal Super Bowl for me, the Niners make it. You have Usher at halftime, and you play against the team that beat you four years ago. It doesn't get any better than this. But again, none of this matters if they can't actually get it done. I want to see these boys absolutely gone at a Super Bowl parade. I want to see that. I want to see George Kittle and Trent Williams and what I feel like would be absolutely hilarious at a Super Bowl parade. Let's make it happen. Go Niners. Thanks for joining again, brother. Thank you for the invite. That'll do it from this episode of Baller Island. Super Bowl 58 on Sunday. Let us know who you got. Should be a fun one. And we'll see y'all next week. And once again, we will be playing the game of what version of Jay will we be getting next week? (laughs) Will we be getting an insanely hyped up Jay? Or are we going to need to give myself therapy on this podcast? I guess we'll find out. That'll do it. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter for more sports news and analysis. Enjoy the game on Sunday, folks. We'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Baller Island. Keep it locked and stay tuned. We got a lot more sports content coming your way. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.